0: To start with a, a verse from Zephaniah 3:17, which is Adonai your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior. He will delight over you with joy, he will quiet you with his love, he will dance for joy over you with singing. Now that word dance is actually Yagil, which means to spin. So God is actually spinning around you, us with joy. He's spinning around us with joy. We're getting this. The God of heaven is spinning around us with joy. I'm not going to talk about dance or anything like that, but I will mention that so many times in the word of God, you read the word rejoice, but actually it's a mistranslation. So you can go and do a word study about this. Because the early church translators couldn't believe that God would want us to dance. So they took the word rejoice out. They took the word dance out and put the word rejoice in. So we have to get used to the fact that our God is actually a moving God. He instigated movement. And we're going to do something a bit different. And a bit random. But it's all good. Because I hope that everybody who's entered this building i'm not going to say coming to church because somebody asked me on the street on wednesday which church do you go to i said oh i am the church i can't go to the church and if i thought i was coming to a church that was andy's church i wouldn't come actually i come to god's church i come to meet him and he has the the responsibility of leading but it's his body and it's his it's who we are once we think we're going to a building we've lost the plot so I hope everybody today has been hugged by somebody or touched. Maybe you haven't. Well, you're about to. So what I'd like you to do is to stand up, please, and hold hands. Because, m- Heidi, you'll start some music for us now, will you? And uh, we are going to do a prophetic act. In a minute, there will be some very lively music starting. And we are going to... poof. And it's extremely simple. We will organize you. We're going to go to the back. And we're just going to release the joy because we know that joy is a huge weapon in the camp of the Lord. It's a massive weapon. And the moment we, you know, we linger our eyes too much on the darkness, we will go down. But the moment we look up and joy will come. So any moment now, some music will come. You can cut it in halfway through if you want because it's a bit long. And it says, I love you so much. I'm dancing around with joy over you. You are my special creation. I have chosen you from the beginning foundation of the world. Why? Because we belong to him. So I hope the kids are going to join in as well. And there'll be a certain moment when we do a kind of thing called arches, which is like a wedding thing. The more we get into the joy of the coming wedding, the better. So this is a bit of a precursor. I really felt that the Lord wanted us to be challenged. I wonder how many of you felt uncomfortable. Thank you. (laughs) But we want to address some very deep fears today. Because I felt that he wants to squeeze out some last corners of fear out of us. Particularly the fear of men particularly those fears which we feel are part of us. And I've only got to mention the word dance and people go, And they won't look me in the face because they don't want to do it. Why not? The word of God says you should do it. So there are fears in us, sadly. So for people who are living in Israel, they know a bit more than, than fear, about fear than we do. You may know that people who are born again, if they make Aliyah, they have tremendous difficulty and even now there are um, people who are being called up and they're they're asked to come, people who have been in the land many, many years, come with your passport come with your ID and then they interview them, who do you believe in? And then they're taking away routinely, taking away their passports and ID, so they're in no man's land you know, fear can come upon us and also those people who are applying for Aliyah now go through the whole process with the shaliach, and they go through all the paperwork. And the very last question they're asked: Who do you think Jesus is? And my friend, who was uh, who actually went through this situation, said she just heard the clock ticking, because what could I say? And she would got two rabbis who had been, you know, helping her together the l- by the law of return. If you have one grandparent, you can get back into the land. And at that moment, she said, it was just as if time stood still. And the moment she said, I think Yeshua is Mashiach, they went ballistic. They threw all the papers in the air. And this is happening routinely now as people are trying to make Aliyah. So there's something to be afraid of in the land. We really need to pray for them. And they're now suggesting that if anybody wants to make Aliyah, they have to have their identity wiped off the internet completely, everything. Which in some of our cases, we're all over it. So we really need to pray. And amongst the ultra-Orthodox, we know that there is tremendous persecution within their own people. So if people get born again, well, they're marked men. But we thank God for the people we know that are working amongst the ultra-Orthodox, Marilyn Chernock and our friend Nathanel. Incredible work. You know, rescuing them because the moment they're born again and they're outcasts and they have to have a new identity often and a new whole persona. And they stop wearing the black clothes for the first time because, you know, they wear their black clothes in memoriam because there is no temple. They don't believe in the state of Israel, actually. So... We know that the enemies want to tear out the vital organs almost spiritually of those believers in the land and we really need to pray for them. But the point is without God we can't do anything. Psalm 108 verse 13 Give us help against the adversary for useless is deliverance through man. With God we can do valiantly and he will trample our foes. That's exactly what he's doing. And You know, with our little Shamar group, we've learnt to be bolder, and we've learnt there's a new season now. And as we've seen, you know, with the death of of Billy Graham, anybody else got saved in the Billy Graham campaign? I did. In oh, bless! What year were you then? What year did you get saved, Cass? When he came to Sheffield? 85. Well, I got saved in London at 70 in 1973, 28th of October. I remember it well. I didn't even go forward. I didn't even know what going forward was because I, I'd never seen anything. I'd never been to a cruise. I didn't know what it was. So I thought, where are they going? <laughs> it's, and they'd all got Bibles. It was like, aren't they funny? <laughs> but I got saved anyway because he was looking for me. And Diane was really praying me in. So that was amazing. So we've been out on the streets, our little group, which is all part of the kingdom work. And we've learnt to be bold now some of us are not born bold but it's the character of god so we have to get his character and as we've gone out onto the streets we just dance as you know i've testified a few times here of what we've been doing and now we're beginning to witness and to pray for the sick and even those people who said well i'll dance but i'm not saying anything well that's fine so if a couple of us just broke off and would witness and pray for the sick whatever and then gradually, people got bolder and bolder. Why? Because God is in them. And we had this wonderful time in Manchester when Diane and, and John, my sister and brother-in-law, happened to be here today, um, who were generally not very, very used to outreach and that sort of thing. But there was a moment when they just got really happy and thought, I can do this. And I was, we were you know, witnessing away, and there's Diane with tracks going out to people she doesn't know. And giving them the word of God. And, and Hannah and I have just walked through Sheffield, haven't we? And stopped people and said, would you like us to pray for you? And everybody's been amazing. And even we went out, Liz, one day, didn't we? Just, we said, only got half an hour. Let's go and see if there's anybody who wants prayer. You see, we're, we're having to learn. If the revival is coming, who do you think is going to use? Us. Now, we can stay inside this building And we can declare that revival is coming, but if we do nothing, we know there are those who are called to deep intercession. I'm not saying that there are gifts that we are, you know, sort of salivating for, because actually it's the prayer of the intercessors that releases. But once we find our position, then we can move. So, fear actually is a spirit that needs a body. I know you know all this, because this is the one place where... I'm going to, my love, I am. And I want to tell you where fear can come. Because it can be ancestral, it can appear in your life because of nothing you've done, but it's come through a father or a mother or from another relative. And when I was young, I was absolutely terrified of dogs. I don't know why, just was Terrified? If I saw a dog at the end of the street when I was a little kid, I'd run. That was it. Now, there was other things connected with that, but this fear of dogs was very deep. And it was particularly bad because when I walked home at dinner time and then in the 1950s and so old, we used to walk home, you see. We used to walk. There was no mobile phones. We didn't even have any buses in our town. We walked. So the journey from my school to my house was not very long. Maybe half a mile, three-quarters of a mile, something like that. So at seven and eight, I would walk it on my own. It was normal. Diane, you weren't even at school then, so I must have been about seven, something like that. But every time I came home from school, on the lunchtime particularly, there was um, a boy across the road called David Lorty, bless him, and he would run out and set this dog on me, and I was absolutely terrified, really terrified. So at the age of seven or eight, I devised a plan, and this was the plan that I would leave my school and find a really circuitous route right round the houses, which was about a mile and a half, I think, or something like that. And I'd run all the way home. I never told anybody. In fact, I've never said publicly, as far as I know. It hasn't been relevant. And my mom would say, you know, why are you late? But I, I couldn't get over the fear, you see. And it was really deep. We'd never had a dog up until that point. I did get over it eventually. But actually that fear of dogs was more connected with the fear of men. Because my mum, being an abandoned, illegitimate, Jewish, rejected baby, was um, full of fear of men. And quite rightfully she'd had a a tough, abused life, really. (coughs) And somehow I seem to inherit that innately. And it was some years later, actually, when I was born again, when the Lord said to me, it, it's, it's the fear of men. And prior to being born again, I couldn't walk into a room that was full of men, which is why I started to drink a bit. When I was a student, because I was you know, training to be a professional musician, And I found that if I drank a couple of, you know, martinis or something, I could play better and I was more confident. And I only went into groups of people if I drank a bit. Because it was a fear of men, you see. And it was very, very deep. But I thank God that he delivered me completely from this fear when I realized it wasn't me. Because I thought it was for years. And it's interesting stuff, fear, because it tends to... It exposes where we're feeding from. And fear of something can confirm a prejudice we have. So, you know, we have a fear and then we just lock it inside us and we put a label on it and that's us. And when there's a sudden disaster or being confronted with sudden danger, you know, attack, attack mode, you know, we start to justify ourselves, don't come near me, you know, and all the rest of it. And fear blots out God's voice, doesn't it? And once, I, this was years ago, decades ago, I was out walking one day with a friend and I was supposed to be picking up my son. It had got very, very late and I realised I was going to be late back and I'm actually quite a good timekeeper, generally. And um, this great fear came upon me. Oh, <gasps> what's going to my son? It'd be terrible. The babysitter won't be able to have him. Something awful's going to happen. I talked myself into a t- complete disaster. And I ran into a pub, no mobile phones then. I said, can I just use your phone? I couldn't even remember my number. It had gone completely out of my head. To ring my own house, it was like, (laughs) But I couldn't pull out a faith response because there wasn't enough in me. There wasn't enough of him in me. So, family. God is using pressure and heat to purifiers. And that's how jewels are constructed. You know, I don't know technically what happens, but minerals or something are taken, and through pressure and heat, they're formed. So the precious things in us are going to come through heat and pressure and difficulty. Sorry about that, but you know that already, don't you? So there's no point in saying, is it like this one of my, I don't know, favourite funny tongue-in-cheek verses I like, Proverbs 22:13. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside and I'll be killed if I go in the streets. So we have sometimes an attitude, well, I can't do that because I'm going to die. So I won't do it. But God wants to squeeze out of us every fearful attitude that may be hidden. This is a very mature place, actually. There are people here who truly stepped over the line. You wouldn't be here unless you had. But I feel that there are just some little corners of us. That he wants to kind of squeeze out. So another example of how fear can work. One day when I was working full time uh, as a teacher, my head, who was a lovely guy, said, Ginny, I need to see you in my office at nine thirty in the morning. That was a Friday. So I had all weekend feeling, like Oh God, what have I done? What did I say? Have I hit anybody? Have I done anything? Did I upset somebody? And you go through all the things, don't you? Is w- w- something I haven't done? And when I got there on the Monday morning, he said, In Ofsted, you were the only teacher that came out excellent, and we want to give you an award. He <laughs> was like, Oh! Because fear had gripped me. And another. Ex- Example of, of when I was in—I'm uh, some years later on now—and I'm in Brazil with my friend Rosie, and we'd be doing a lot of ministry. We'd been out up in the favelas in, in Rio, and we'd be doing amazing stuff. And um, they'd forgotten to feed us. You know how you're visiting churches, a lot of them, and somebody had said, "I oh, will feed them," but they hadn't. And so we arrived back in this place where we were staying. That was a very, very beautiful, very expensive place near the Copacabana. You must have heard of that at Rio. You go through lots of barriers with lots of keys. Anyway, she'd, she trusted us with these keys, and we got in. And we were absolutely starving. The only thing we'd got was a little sachet of porridge. And we thought, well, we'll have to cook that then. So Rosie went off into the kitchen, but it was such like a, you know, a beautiful kitchen. We didn't know where anything was. And she'd warned us, you know, when you come in, be very, very quiet. Watch out for the doors that slam and don't da-da-da-da. So we were really quiet. So Rosie tiptoed off to make this porridge, couldn't find any milk. So we thought, well, the only thing we could find was apple juice. Well, we'll make porridge with apple juice and we are very hungry. So Rosie's in the kitchen and suddenly I hear the microwave going ping really loud. So I rushed in and said, Rosie, don't use the microwave. Slam behind me, the door. She said, don't just slam. And I stood there and I went, now we're in big trouble she said you're like a six-year-old and i was and i said see my reaction was i'm going to get into trouble See, fear god has not given us let's say this together god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind do we do we believe that i'm glad we do but fear makes you think doesn't it you know you get that sinking feeling in your stomach when something bad happens and but it's a physical thing almost isn't it and fear makes you think and you know a little bit about matthew 14:26 yeshua walking jesus walking on the water you know the story and the people w- the the disciples were terrified And they said it's a ghost and they cried out in fear but corporate fear escalates very quickly, have you noticed? You've only got to be somewhere where somebody's, oh! <laughs> and, you know, panic kind of, not in our community, because we go, whoa, wait a moment. But in the world, you know, it just escalates very, very quickly. I mean, you've only got to be a teacher in a classroom for a spider to walk in, for everybody to start freaking. It's like, individually, those kids aren't bothered. But it's like the, <laughs> You know, everybody joins in the fear. Now, we can't do that as a body. There has to be no fear amongst us, only the fear of God. Yeah. So in this story, you know it very well. As soon as Peter saw the wind, he became terrified and began to sink. So The moment we're looking at him and we have that fear of God in our hearts, we are safe. And in verse 27, but immediately Yeshua spoke to him saying, take courage, I am, from the, orig- well from the Hebrew don't be afraid. I'm here. I am. I am. So whenever things push he's there. Isn't it good? And then he said, Master, if it's you, he's still not sure. Walking on the water, but not sure. Command me to come to you. And the greatest, most powerful command ever, come. And that's what he wants to say to us. Come. Don't be afraid. And those back in the boat, what did they do? They worshipped. And they said, really, you are Ben Elohim. You are the Son of God. And the thing is, dare we ask for more of him at any cost? And that's what I want to squeeze out of us a bit this morning. Will you ask for more at any cost? And the cost is everything. The cost is your life and your time. And you're gifting and everything. There is a cost. But oh, the riches, the glory of knowing him and fearing him. But then he draws us with his great love. Yeah. And it says, whatever you ask, I will give it. Beyond whatever you ask or think. So what are we doing? But our flesh stops us fearing God. Psalm 111. The fear of Adonai is the beginning of wisdom, and isn't that true? And in Isaiah 11:3, his delight will be in the fear of Adonai, and that has to be our meat and our drink—to fear him enough that we dare not have anything in us that is opposed to the living God. 1 John 4:18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. So as we go out and do whatever we do, we become bolder. And we have to practice it, people, if it's not necessarily our self. Because the trouble is fear loves self. I was trying to tell somebody that, that this, this week. Oh, no, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. I'm self-centered. I'm so embarrassed I can't do anything. I'm so afraid I can't come out at the front and speak because I'm shy. Well, shyness is a spirit of fear. So if you say, well, I'm just a quiet person, that's, that's different. But somebody who's shy, who's a color rises and your heart starts to beat, if anybody says, can you do something, that is a spirit. And God wants to drive that spirit out of us. It's not you. Because when I was a kid, I'm really bearing my soul today, I was actually quite shy. I thought it was me. You know, I had lots of issues and was off school a lot, was, uh, you know, said I was highly strung, a bit, you know, nervous, and uh, I was. No, it's true. I didn't know I was bold because it was all covered up with powers of darkness and demons. See? And the enemy had persuaded me because my mom, bless her heart, couldn't free me because it was her spirits that I got inside me. And I had to have them driven out. I had to repent of those things. So if we feel ourselves being, well, I'm too shy to do it. No, you can repent. And you can be set free this very day. And there should be a moment when we're all out at the front sharing. There are some because we've got bold in our little group. We've been training for decades with a little, little group, 20 people who gather whatever we do. And some days we have so many testimonies we can't get going. I've got another testimony. God did this. God did this. And we need to be bolder. So the moment I realised that this little shy kid wasn't really me. I thought, well then, if this is what it says in the word, that's going to be me then. And so another little little example, I was in a shop in town. I can't remember the name of it now. Not Sainsbury's, another one, but like that in town anyway. And I hadn't been in there for about a year or 18 months, something like that. And um, I'm just walking around getting bits and pieces and I saw a lady on crutches buying biscuits. So I thought, I'll just buy some biscuits for the moment, you know, just to get alongside. And I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? So I just said, oh, have you hurt your leg? So she said, oh, I've just come back from the doctors. I, I've got this terrible pain and they don't know what's wrong with me. So I just said, oh, would you like me to pray for you? Yes, I would, she said. So I prayed for her and it was easy because it was him, not me. But we have to avail ourselves. If we are shy, if we are afraid, we'll never open our mouths. How are we going to know yeah. the power of God if we are afraid? So the spirit of fear is a big one for the body of Messiah. Now I'm speaking to us as mature, born-again, delivered, spirit-filled, wonderful warriors. God requires of us to be bold. It really is the last hour's because he wants us, you know, kind of out there. So, you know, this is a bit random. What would it look like, I'm not saying this is the Holy Spirit, instead of a a meeting on a Sunday that we all got out and and said, right, well, we're going to go down and we're all going to speak to two people, or we're going to just worship. I'm not saying that's the Holy Spirit, but I'm saying what would it look like if we were able to, and most people say, no fear, I'm not going. Well, they can go because they're bold, but I'll stay here. Yes, we do need the intercessors. I'm not marking people out here, but I'm saying that we have to have a willingness to be part of his end-time body. You know, the battle is intense, and we have to know how to fight from every port that we have. 1 John 2:27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. We have the anointing, haven't we? Which is what we're doing. We're praying for the sick constantly. In our group, you know, it's great that we have prayer requests coming through. We need them. We need to keep constantly in intercession. But there are those out there who are desperate, who are dying. And I wander around a lot just saying, Father, will you just give me compassion? Because without his love, we've got nothing. So compassion is everything. And God started to give me a compassion. So sometimes, I mean, this sounds a bit bonkers, I just walk to town and I'm just looking at people. I say, God, show me your heart for these people just show me and i'm wandering around and it's heartbreaking and then there's occasional opportunities when you can say now i can say something now i can say you know i can speak a testimony or whatever so yeah he will never leave us or forsake us and he's given us authority and it says therefore go therefore go so we've got to go and we've got to cast out demons And we have to heal the sick. And we have to preach the gospel. And we do it in different ways, don't we? There's different ways to do it. Not everybody's mouthy. I was born talking, apparently. But not everybody is like that. But we can do, we can give things. Somebody I know is making some bookmarks. Why? So that when we go out, they can give them. Because they're not very good at speaking. Well, you can give out bookmarks with them, whatever. And, you know, the things that we can do. And, you know, in Acts 3, when Peter and John came to the man at the gate, beautiful, you know, the bloke who was uh, lying there, I mean, they didn't have a prayer meeting to find out what to do. They just said, what I have, I'll give you. And it's as simple as that, people. We just give what we have. We all have a testimony. We all have words of grace. And sometimes, even just blessing people is amazing. You know, just to say to somebody well, really, bl- oh how lovely that you want to bless me today. Well, I want to bless you because God has really touched my heart. I mean, I'd, I've never had, and I'm only just beginning this again because I did start years ago doing a lot of witnessing then I went off. And now I'm back on again. And it's the moment when we can just say, well, you know, the Lord really loves you. Look into people's eyeballs. Really look at them in the eye and say, God is looking for you. He really loves you. And then there's opportunities. And if you give him an hour. What would he do in an hour? If you said, Lord, I'm just going to step out and see what you want to do today. Years ago, I was, um, God spoke to me and go to go to the meat market. And never go. I don't even eat meat much. Go to the meat market in Sheffield and just wait there and pray. So I did. I stood there in the meat market and I, w- I waited. Ages. And nothing happened. And then somebody, the daughter of somebody, this was years ago, and came bef- towards me and I knew this was the one so I, I went to them and I had a word of knowledge and I just said the Lord is telling me that I need to tell you this and she stopped dead in her tracks and I said and this is your day of decision and then I went home and then I went into great fear watch out because the moment we deliver something that's powerful the enemy will come and snatch you away. oh how dare you you were wrong you weren't in the spirit you know what did they think of you fear so fear comes behind us, but we rebuke that in the name of th- I will not have any fear in my life of men or circumstances. And if I make a fool of myself, I will say Hallelujah. Amen. So <laughs> Hebrews ten thirty five. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Yeah all the enemy can do is lie to us and he's doing that constantly the barrage is intense every time we go out and do something there are the lies that follow but Revelation 1.6 and he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever and so what I feel to do actually is to pray pray together it could be that there is a little vestige of fear in you somewhere or something as echoed a bit and maybe there's shyness or you've always felt a fear of men or whatever there's lots of fears aren't there and the Lord will tell you but let's get them out let's get rid of them yeah. Because we don't want them, they're not from him, and we've probably inherited some of them from our parents or from our nurture. You know, just another little example. When my son was young, I let him climb things and do things that other mothers didn't, I noticed. But then I was training him to be bold, you see. You can climb that tree. And he never fell out of one. Strangely enough, he became a rock climber after that. Yes, he did. And I used to let him slide down the stairs In a sleeping bag, because I thought that was, you know, really good fun and a a good, yeah, didn't mind. It didn't seem to do any harm. And his little friend James, who came, um, when he was about, I suppose nine or something like that, was saying, "Oh, I can't do that. Why, James? I'm afraid." No, but it's okay. You can do it in this house. You can do it. You can slide. You've got a big stairs. You can slide all the way down. Absolutely terrified. And when I met his mother, I realised she was absolutely terrified as well we can't have anything that's come down our line. And I hope we've been busy cutting off every generational curse of fear and darkness and sickness out of us. Because this house stands for freedom. Amen. And that's why I'm here. Amen. 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 So, Amina. ah, Mina, yeah, and the rest of it. So, Let's just close our eyes a minute because this is just doing business with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Lord, we come before you. You see our hearts. We want to be free. And, Lord, now we call out in your name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Lord, all those things, Father, hidden Or confessed that, Lord, you would squeeze them out of our lives, and we want to cooperate with you, Lord, to cast them out. And we speak out that spirit of fear of men in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to name some, then we're all going to have a good go together. Fear of heights, fear of spiders. Fear of flying, fear of failure, fear of fear, fear of confronting anybody, fear of death, fear of becoming like a parent, that's a big one. For anything you fear will come upon you, says the Lord. And Father, we want to repent of all self-consciousness. We want to repent, Lord. We want to repent. We want to ask you, Lord, because we know that what already has been bound in heaven, we appropriate now on earth. I'm just going to ask you to stand because we're going to make some noise. Now we're going to do this together. So is there anybody here who feels that there's any fear has come upon you? You don't have to say anything to anybody, but you can ask someone to come and pray with you if you need to. So we're going to come against this spirit of fear now, and we're going to do it all in one go, all right? And we're going to cry out to God. Is that all right? Do anybody want to say anything? Anybody want to share anything at this point? We're all good. We're covered. All right. In the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, we bind you, spirit of fear. You come out of the people here. We bind you, you spirit of self-consciousness. We bind you, you spirits of fear. We come against you in the name of the Lord. We stand our ground. We cut off all root and supply of fear of men, of fear of failure, of fear of those things outside of us, Lord. We come against those fears of flying, of heights, of spiders of snakes whatever we rebuke you enemy we command you to move out of this house in the name of Jesus we rebuke you we put you out in the name of the lord we command you to have no more sway over this body in the name of yeshua hallelujah 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 we set ourselves free from you lord for you lord and we declare we will be bold this day we will Speak your word in season where you call us. We will intercede when you call us with boldness and faith. We will get our testimony ready. We'll be ready, Lord. Stir us up, Father, in boldness. Stir us up, Father, that we never walk in the spirit of fear. And that we'll be ready to go out, Lord, even into the marketplace. And compel people to come in, Lord, if you call us. Lord, we stir ourselves, Father. We thank you this day, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, during this week, Father, that you will work on us. And, Lord, if there's anything in us that's hiding, Lord, we call it out. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes, you know, when you say goodbye to people, you say, you know, we'll take care. I say, well, don't take care. Take risks. If you're not risk-taking, how are you going to learn? And the challenge to every single person in this house today is will you take a risk today that you've never done through this week? So that this area here is full of people with testimony. Right. You know, of the big and the small. Even through breakthroughs in prayer. You know, the inters- we d- in we're part of an intercession group. Intercession is vital. Without that intercession of those close to his skin, we have nothing. So we can be bolder even in intercession to cry out. And a quote from Chris Vollerton I heard on a somewhere. Our destiny will automatically include fear, but courage overwhelms it. So if God's given you a word, then get on with it and do it afraid if you need to, but just do it. And he always turns up and be expectant. Because if Jacob had not been expectant, well when he was sleeping at Bethel he probably wasn't ready for what God was going to do because in Genesis 28 it says surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it Yeah. yeah I will fear no evil for you are with me says the Lord amen